Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, and that means it is time for a Mental Health Monday. Hope everyone had a great Mother's Day weekend, and uh, well, maybe we can chat about that here in just a moment. So, it is time for Mental Health Monday. We're going to check in with Deaconess Heidi. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Good uncommon. morning. Oh, I jumped in there. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> I was so excited about Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. I like had a another video going, and so I could hear this guy like talking over you guys, and I'm like, who? What is? What is happening? And my too many windows open. Huh? Taking. Yes, exactly. It, that's a good lesson in closing the windows to start a new thing. Good mental health lesson right there. Yeah, I'm bad at that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I feel like that's what our topic is about today. It's church workers. So, so many windows open. So many windows open. By the way, for for just to, to so that's not an inside story, just to let everyone know, if you've ever seen Sarah's computer when she's working in Chrome, oh, yes. she has, what, 20 tabs at least open at one time? Yeah, 20? I mean, it's workflow. So that's, yeah, yeah. I have a lot open all the time. That's how I work, man. (laughs) Heidi, how many tabs do you have open at one time? How many windows do you have open at one time? Like right now for this single program, and it's only substance for this program, I have four tabs open. So that's when I'm even working on one project, you know, because you're going from (laughs) the internet to the Word document to the email that somebody sent. That's all about one project. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I was just talking about the tabs open I have in Chrome. That doesn't include all the rest of the stuff oh, open no. on my computer. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Not good. Not good. I have seven. I was just trying to count them. Yes, I have I seven have open just for seven paid, like windows open at one time. Uh, so that you're right. That is a good segue into our topic for today. Uh, church workers and, and so much going on, especially during this time and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. before we get to that, can I ask, did y'all have a good weekend? Good. Uh, did you get to talk to moms and the, the, the motherly figures in your lives and, and celebrate them this weekend? <laughs> Heidi? Yeah, I did. Like I super love, so my mother-in-law has taken up texting and so that's really fun. <laughs> like we have like a family text group and that's, I don't know. It just makes me really happy, you know? And then I talk to my mom on the phone. And when I talk to my mom, very occasionally, it's like that experience where you just talk for way too long and you get off the phone and you feel really satisfied with life because you connected, you know? And so that is where I was at with my mom yesterday. It was good. She's 84. So my mom had me when she was a little bit older. And so I get really concerned with her right now because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, eight hours away and I can't check on her as easily. So yeah, it was really good to talk to her. (laughs) Sarah. Yeah, I got to talk. uh, We've been talking with my in-laws a bunch lately because we're, you know, looking to buy a house, but that's a whole different story. Um, That's another episode. That's a whole different episode. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I have a a weekly phone call with my parents, so I got to talk to my mom on Sunday night. 
Um, and I got to wish a happy Mother's Day to my sister-in-law um, and some of my friends who have kiddos. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good time to celebrate moms this weekend. What about we you, Andy? To, we got to have a cookout yesterday. We uh, roasted the hot dogs because we were outside, so we a little windy, <laughs> but yeah. uh, we got to be outside and enjoy some fresh air uh, with the family. So, I, yes, we got to celebrate all the moms, my, my, uh, my wife, my sister, my mom, all responsibly outside uh, being <laughs> safe. So it was a, it was a good day. Well... We're digging into uh, stressors that, that church workers, uh, pastors, other church workers face during this time of, I don't know, can we call it Coronatide? Um, this <laughs> special season in our lives. This is a very unique season in our lives, um, and especially for church workers, because we haven't seen something like this in over 100 years. We haven't seen a pandemic really in over 100 years. And so... None of us really have a lot of experience with something like this. So uh, we have experience with dealing with stressors. Uh, what are the stressors that that church workers are facing at this time, Heidi? Yeah, I think that there's oh, there's a lot of layers of this and it's going to be different. You know, we have to recognize that every person has a very individual experience in their church work journey, um, just as every congregation is unique and every person they interact with is really unique. And so, you know, not all of this is going to fit for everyone, but I think, you know, each person can find a couple of things that they're like, oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I really would, especially for this conversation, love to hear insights, you know, when we have this pop up on Twitter later or when we have uh, it come to Facebook and stuff, I really want to hear comments of what people are experiencing, too, because I think we can gain insights from each other. But the things that I see happening right at face value, whether that's my own house with my pastor husband and our experience in congregations or our circuit or those that I care for, I noticed that there is this this disconnect that really impacts church workers because of their caregiving place. And I would say that this is just as true for Lutheran teachers and for our other commission workers as it is for our ordained workers, our pastors. So the very thing that we feel where we're, we miss church, right? They're experiencing all of that. Um, the very thing that we feel where we get on a Zoom meeting, it's just not the same as like spending time with people face to face. Uh, they are experiencing that, I think, in a different way because that's so essential to their work and their vocation um, and their calling. And so there's this, uh, you know, very uh Oh, I'm trying to think of the language I want to use for it because I don't want to be too dramatic about it. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make our church workers out to be like so special that they're like struggling more or anything like that. But at the same time, I think the overlap of the caregiving and the calling with the actual just personal struggle with lack of connection is very real. And so it kind of comes in on more circles, if you will, in their uh, daily life than I think some people experience. And so that is a very real thing for them. Uh, I think there's also the spiritual burden that workers experience because they 
are constantly praying for their members. They're praying for their families. They're praying for their students and all of that. And, and just the world, right? Like their heart is for the gospel to go out and for people to be loved and cared for um, and to know their savior and to be lifted of their burdens. And so they live with this spiritual burden for people. And I think in times of pandemics, you know, that spiritual burden is going to heighten for them and it's going to feel really weighty, um, especially when you can't get to your people, quote unquote, in the way that you normally would. And so those are a couple of the things. I have some more, but I want to hear maybe some of you guys' insight, Andy and Sarah. Do you see any truth in what I'm saying, I guess? Oh, yeah. I, the, the struggle, um, you know, my friends that are church workers and, of course, my own pastor, uh, a lot of of what I've seen, at least on social media and, and from chats and things is, is that struggle of, uh, because it is such a face-to-face -face vocation. Um, and because, you know, when, when we have church, we're in person. And so that whole aspect of being together is gone. And that, mm -hmm. that is a really hard thing for somebody, uh, to, to handle, uh, when you have to rethink your whole uh, way of doing your doing your vocation and, and doing this ministry when you can't actually be in person the way that it kind of has to happen. Um, and there's I think um, one of the one of the significant things I think is is the was the struggle, at least at the beginning and maybe less so now uh, when when all of this went down was what what should they be doing? Um, what can they do? And and nobody was happy with any of the options because none of them, none of them were what we wanted because we couldn't do what we wanted. So there was a huge stress of, um, of, of knowing what they should do, uh, and, and having lots of different opinions about what that should look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really appreciate the phrase. There's no handbook for this. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I share that with moms on my Instagram last week because I was really feeling that weight as a mom and a professional mm -hmm. trying to work outside my home and meet people's needs and everything too. Um, and I think I would want to tell our church workers and our churches that too, like there's no handbook for this. There's no right way to do it. And I really get a little bit concerned, especially for the mental health of our workers after it passes a little bit. So now that some churches are starting to go back a little bit or even near the end of summer, um, whenever things start to move toward slowly, you know, going back to what we call normal, if that's a thing, I get concerned because I think that's when the criticisms start to come in and stuff. And mm -hmm. so I just encourage, you know, church members now and church workers now to just have so much grace now and look at how we're going to have grace as we move forward, because that there is no right way and there's no best practices for this is another thing that I had jotted down, you know, mm. there's, there's no um, class in seminary on how to handle your congregation in a pandemic or how to deal with your Lutheran school in a pandemic. And so just knowing that and saying that over and over and making it you know, part of, uh, we have like a staff memo on Mondays at church, you know, just reminding one another. Uh, I think that'll be really good for our mental health now. And like I said, as we move forward, because I, I'm sure there's going to be 80 things as we turn around and look at this in hindsight that we're like, oh gosh, I really wish I would have done that. Uh, but we didn't. And it's, it's okay. Like, I don't think, 
I think we have to really live in Galatians 5, 1 right now. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do not burden yourself with the yoke of slavery again. And so knowing that there's so much freedom in how we do ministry and how the church on earth interacts with people and with communities, that is going to be really essential for us to maintain real church work health and congregational health, because it's really easy to point fingers and say, oh, you should have done this, or you didn't do this, or you're not doing this right now, however that looks. And especially with technology involved, because uh, contrary to popular belief, like, again, our, our workers don't get that class at a Concordia or at the seminary that's like, how to live stream, you know, that's not a thing. <laughs> and so I think maybe we might start to create technology classes for seminary now, but that's probably something we probably should have done 20 years ago. You know, a lot of this is a deep dive and some congregations already do that and they're just trying to do it better. But knowing that um, technology isn't theology and they're both valuable in the kingdom of God, but your worker is trained in theology. You know, your worker is trained in education and technology is really a bonus of that. Unless your church hires a technology consultant or a technology social media guru or something, that's awesome. But most churches don't have that. And so just lowering some expectations and knowing, you know, that eighth commandment, best perspective for one another, that we're all trying our best here and we're all learning together in this of how we're going to apply technology as we move forward in our regular kind of worship life and stuff. That's really powerful for our mental health. You know, just normalizing. No one knows <laughs> we're, we're in this together. Yeah, that that word should, you know, when we mm -hmm. ask the question, what should we be doing? Um, what's the foundation for that should? You know, should implies law. Well, is it, are we, is the should coming from comparing our work or what we should be doing to um, what others have done before, what others are doing right now? Or does that should come from the word of God and the, the only objective truth that we have, the only foundation we have for what we should be doing um, being the word of God? And uh, there's not a whole lot about live streaming in the word of God that I'm familiar with. If there is someone, please point it out to me. So while those, those things, these are, you, you made a great point that, um, the theology and technology are both great gifts, but, um, technology is not theology. And so how we use it is, you know, it's a first article gift and how we use it is, is subject to what the word teaches us. But, um, to expect someone to know how to, uh, what, know what they should be doing in a pandemic in order to care for the, the souls they're entrusted to. Well, what you find in the word of God, not necessarily um, what you find others doing. Uh, comparing ourselves to others is just, well, it's dangerous. And there isn't much grace in that, is there? Mm -mm. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's no. a really, really valuable point. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there's not much grace. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it's also really important to assess how we get feedback on a regular basis now. So this is something we can learn. You know, I don't think that churches are always the best places for giving feedback to their workers or sometimes schools are a little bit better about this because they have to exist kind of in this other education area and stuff. But like, do we regularly assess our ministries in healthy ways that don't put extra weight and burden um, to really be at a mental health disadvantage for our workers, as well as our leaders, you know, our elders and those on our committees? Do we assess and give feedback regularly 
in a really great constructive way so that we can evaluate what we've done and see if that is helping and working and good for the system and our community or if it's not. And so I think in our second half, we're going to touch on some of those things a little bit more. You know, how can we get to this place where we are doing some things that support the worker as well as support the system as a whole? I think our congregation members are rightly so bearing some of this weight too because we are not a church body that believes that the workers are somehow just like so special in ministry instead we all share that together and so coming to a place together where we can um you know do the work of god knowing that god works best in our weaknesses you know that's what scripture tells us that like in Paul, when he had the uh, thorn in his flesh, like that's exactly what it says, is that in his weakness, um, that God is strong. And so we're going to lean into that, especially in times where we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, that's a really big gift. Which I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. So you're <laughs> listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's Mental Health Monday. We'll be right back. This week on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Pastor Matt Harrison about the church and coronavirus. We'll discuss the Holy Supper and the solid declaration of the Formula of Concord with Pastor Paul McCain. And we'll talk with Pastor Ted Geese about two types of nostalgia-driven entertainment. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Hi, this is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday, talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, talking about uh, stressors and church workers and uh, mental health for church workers. So we talked about some of the stressors, some of the things that uh, church workers face. Um, what are some ways then that, that church workers can support their own mental health? What are some ways that they can support their own mental health and the mental health of others? Heidi? Yeah, so a couple things I just want to say right off the bat is that if you are feeling, this is how you kind of tell the difference of whether I should see the doctor or not, basically, or whether I need to get some help, <laughs> is that if you are feeling a sense 
that it's difficult to function in the way that you normally would. So if it's disrupting the way you're eating, the way you're sleeping, uh, your ability to do your work, uh, the, the anxiety or some sadness maybe, uh, even that feeling of disconnection and loneliness, if it is really present so constantly that there's some interruption in functioning, then it's time to see the doctor. You know, I really encourage you to go to your general practitioner or to call a counselor, you know, just start somewhere. I think a family doctor is always a really good place to start um, and then get some referrals. If someone needs help, we have our lcms.org backslash wellness, and there is some different links for different kinds of health um, and wellness resources we have. Every employee of the LCMS um, or an LCMS entity, as well as their spouse and families, whether they're on Concordia plans or not, is eligible for six free visits under their EAP or an Employee Assistance Program. And so you, we have links to that on the wellness website and you can also call Concordia plans because it does all go through them and they will help. You don't have to have it for insurance, um, but that's a really good place to start. Uh, it's free. Yay, free. We all love free, you know, but I just want to say that because I think that so often I leave that for the end and really it's okay to reach out for help that's local, that you can get something that's ongoing. And I want to encourage that, especially now more than ever. You know, we're all in a place where we're kind of wondering, I feel like, do I need a little more help than I did, you know, four weeks ago, seven weeks ago? And so it's okay. Like, use those resources. They're there for that. Um, the other thing is there's a few things about different kinds of wellness. You know, we talk about mental health here, but it all overlaps with vocational wellness. Um, intellectual well-being, spiritual well-being, and all of that. And so, number one, we already talked about the place of grace in our lives. And just having that mentality of grace, I think, is really powerful. Read scripture that is grace-focused. You know, the first chapter of John, as well as uh, James 1 and 2, ironically, because those things really lead us to God gives more grace. God is grace, you know, grace upon grace and all of that. And so just really having that on repeat is really helpful. Um, Brene Brown has this thing she calls permission slips that I think are really useful. And so we can use permission slips to say what we need right now. And so she uses it before you walk into a meeting, for instance, giving yourself permission to uh, like show up fully and have your voice heard or something like that. And so permission slips are the things that we write down that we, we need to do for ourselves that we wouldn't normally do if we didn't have awareness of it and say it out loud. So give yourself a permission slip. I have to give myself a permission slip. I decided this week to be done with work at 3 p.m. each day because I usually try to finish up by five and that is just currently not working for our family. It's not working for my mental well-being. I was tanking fast last week, you know. <laughs> I was calling in the arsenal of friends of like, I'm not really doing great. I'm feeling kind of sad a lot and I just had a lot of anxiety and so I'm going to do something different. Permission to, if something doesn't get done, that's okay. It really needs to be set aside at 3 p.m. Or the permission to finish one project a day instead of the normal seven that we would try to get done. You know, those kind of <laughs> things is what we're looking for right now. Um, another thing I would say is that vocational well-being, and there's some research on this, and I get a lot of this research on vocational well-being from... Um, 
Jim Adi, who is with the Texas District, and he does their work of wellness and care a lot there. Uh, he had taught me about this idea of 60-40 or 70-30, but like understanding that our vocations will have parts of them that we don't love, that are hard for us, that are a strain on our mental well-being, but at the same time, that is usually a healthy thing when we the the majority of it is something we enjoy we feel fulfilled in and so you know i understand that biblically uh there is a place for suffering but i think sometimes in church work in particular and in vocation health whether we're a church worker or not we tend to misunderstand the role of suffering like we take on this uh this role of the suffering servant and we aren't enjoying our work we're really getting to a place of burnout with and just thinking that that's what it feels like that's okay and i think we can get to a better place with that and that's good for our mental health god cares about our mind body and spirit and so recognizing that you might need a change and that's okay. And whether that's a little change of what day you take off or whether that's a change of what kinds of things you focus within say congregational ministry, because there are 400 things that could take your attention. So learning the things that you really enjoy that are serving your gifts well and your gifts are serving well and focusing a little bit more on those can make a huge difference in getting more to that. I enjoy 70% and 30% is not my favorite. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, giving yourself space also to, and I'm not a church worker, so so this isn't totally my world, but giving yourself space to uh, to know that, that things don't look different right now. Uh, things aren't going to feel the same uh, for for mental health and for um, for what your vocation looks like right now. It it it, it is different, and it's going to feel different. It's going to feel uh, feel not like you you want it to feel. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. The last tip I have, because we're almost out of time, is <laughs> feed yourself now more than ever. Like it's really important to get good food in our bodies, breath in our bodies, you know, in our lungs outside time. But but the word, you know, spend some time, uh, a little extra time sitting quietly with your coffee in the morning. I think that is allowed right now and important that we allow that for each other and give each other permission for that and consider your context. We do not all reside in the same context. I see a lot of judgment on social media that is not help, helping our mental health. You know, we're all in different places right now. Our counties and our states have different provisions for uh, the pandemic. Just understand your context. Let other people understand theirs. That's going to be really good for our mental and relational health. Deacon is Heidi Gaiman, Mental Health Monday. Thank you so much, Heidi. Always a good time to chat with you. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.